0: And I wanted to tell you that this morning because you won't grow if you don't know. If you don't know the results of what you're accomplishing, you're not going to be inspired to take that next step of faith, to go on to that next level in Jesus Christ. And so I wanted to bring you testimony of what you guys did. To transform the world around you. And so many times in our life we realize this, that as we're defining words, if we don't have ourselves defined properly, we're going to miss out on some of the stuff that God has for us. So throughout this series, we're always going to do a special part of define it where we want you to be defined by the word of God. Because what you feel is not always real and what is real, you do not always feel, right? See, some of you may have woke up depressed this morning. And how many of you know the feeling of depression is not what's real because the joy that the Father gives is what's really real. But you won't grow unless you don't know because the depression feels really real at times. But how many of you know what you feel is not always what is real? And what is real, you do not always feel. And many times the reason what is real we do not always feel is because we don't know what God has said about us, So right now I want you to uh, welcome one of your elders, John Red, to the stage this morning as he's going to help define it with us today. John, I'm so glad you're here. Me too. Man, I love this guy. I want to tell you a little bit about John in about 10 seconds. John is one of our elders at TWBC, and, and I love John because he is my uh, personal accountability as an elder. He's got to text me twice a week. Call me every week and we gotta go to lunch once a month and his only job as an elder for me personally is say, How you doing? I'm doing good. I don't believe it. How you doing? <laughs> what are you struggling with? What's going on in your life? He is my personal accountability because your elders love your church staff so much that they're implementing systems in your church to make sure we stay healthy, that we don't stroke out at a young age, that we do what's right, that we walk right. So, John, I want to say a personal thank you because keeping me in line, probably not the easiest job you got, but I sure love you, man, and I appreciate you.
1: Y'all give John a hand clap this morning. You know, it's it's one of those things that's not just a, a responsibility of an elder to do that. Gosh, it is an awesome, awesome honor. Hey, you guys, um, do me a favor. You bookmark where Joel told you to bookmark in John and turn to Romans 5, if you don't mind. Romans 5, very first part of Romans. And I'm going to read a little bit here. I'll give you a second. How's everybody doing this morning? Don't get quiet now. Just because Joel left up here being all excited, we're going to get excited too. This is God's Word, right? Got it? All right. Here we go. We're going to start in verse 2. It says, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that... Wait a minute. I must have read that wrong. As Shrek says, hold the phone? It says we're supposed to rejoice in our sufferings. Come on. Well, let me go ahead. Let's, let's keep reading and see what it says here. It says, okay, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit given to us. Hmm. So I started looking at the scripture. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to rejoice in my sufferings. Well, that hadn't always been the case. I don't know about you guys. Do you all always rejoice in your sufferings? Oh, well, you do? Okay, well, I'm the only one that does. Oh, doesn't, okay. I don't always. i got to be honest with you guys. There's been times that I didn't rejoice. There's times I'm like, what is going on? In, in fact... Sometimes I've gone through sufferings and it's been worse. I get distraught. I start to question God's promises. But that's on me. And and it certainly has affected my, my character, my relationship with God. And guess what? That's done. That hope it talks about, I didn't have it. Didn't have my hope. You know, people make all kinds of all kinds of comments, and we have all kinds of thoughts when we're going through tough circumstances. They'll say things like, this too shall pass. It'll be okay. Or if you're a guy, they say, what? Get over it, dude. Put on your big boy pants. Let's go. That's all about me. That's all about what I can do. And and what's interesting, even Job's wife got on the bandwagon, and she said this, just blame God and die. Yeah, no, I don't think so. And when we read this text out of, out of context, I got to ask myself this. God, what's going on? Why is it that I don't always have joy or rejoice in my sufferings? And he clearly said, I mean, within two seconds, he said, you got the wrong perspective, John. You got the wrong filter. He said, you see, when we see things from a wrong perspective, we get wrong outcomes. Yeah. You know, think about this. If you're driving down the road and your windshield's covered with mud, you've got a cloudy perspective. You're going to end up in a ditch, right? Yeah. Because your perspective is skewed by not seeing clearly. It's an incorrect view. And when we had that same thing by not looking at God's promises, it distorts our view of reality what Joel just said. We start thinking about how we feel and not what's real. So today, I want you guys to be thinking about this. God's promises are real for you today and every day. Yeah. We must stay focused on him and his promises. And when we do, the fact is we can rejoice in our sufferings. Amen? Amen. 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 Y'all give Pastor
0: Pastor John. Pastor John, Elder John. you him a good hand clap this morning, man. I always love John's encouragement. And man, I want to encourage you as we're in this Define It series. That's the whole process of why we're doing this. Is so exactly what John said, um, that that the, the muddy windshield becomes clear. That we start experiencing the great things of God. And when we, can, when we have the ability to rejoice in our sufferings, we know we've come to the right conclusion about our topic today. And we're going to define what is the difference between born again and salvation. The difference between born again and salvation. And that's why I titled this message, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Because these things are so closely related, but they're distinctly different. And we've all heard the question, well, pastor, do you believe in once saved, always saved? By the time we get done defining these two terms, that will no longer be a question in your heart. Come on, that's that's a good word right there. Because many of you, that's plagued your spiritual walk for years. But as we truly define it through the word of God, that will no longer be a question today. Because the Bible says this in John 15, 16, that you should go and bear fruit, a fruit that... Remains, And so as we talk about which came first, the chicken or the egg, or you can say what's the difference between born again and salvation, the very first thing i got to talk to you about is this awesome, amazing thing right here called the Bible. Because this will begin to establish in your life the amazing difference between born again and salvation. And this is where I need you to open up in your Bible to that scripture, John chapter number 20 and verse number 30. This is an amazing scripture. John chapter number 20. In verse, verse number 30. And the Bible says this. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. Some versions say did many other miracles in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in these books, in this book. But now listen to verse 31. This is key. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Now, what in the world does that have to do with born again in salvation? Everything. Because this starts with the Word of God, and it's starting with the Word of God. The Word of God is not an internet search engine. The Word of God is not Google. Do you know what Google is? Google has done the most amazing job. It's one of the few things in the world today that has truly um, done so well that it has taken over the actual thing that it was empowered to be. It's kind of like when you get a cut on your hand, and what do you put on your hand? A Band-Aid. Well, a Band-Aid became so popular, it got the name Band-Aid because of Band-Aid brand Band-Aid. So you know whenever you see a commercial, and it's got Band-Aid brand Band-Aid They always clarify, get Band-Aid brand, Band-Aid, because Band-Aid became such a popular term because of Band-Aid brand, Band-Aid, that it took over the whole environment (laughs) that it was created to to empower them. They they took it over. Whenever you're looking for something on the Internet, what do you say? Just Google it. Google has took over the name for search engines. But here's the thing. A lot of people look to the Bible for answers. All right, I'm fixing to mess up your theology. The Bible was not written so that you will find answers. The Bible is not Google. The Bible was not written so you will find answers. The Bible was written for this reason. But these are written for this reason. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that by believing in Jesus Christ, you will have life. The Bible was not written so you will find answers. The Bible was written so you will find God and make him your heavenly Father. And when you find God, be your heavenly Father, he doesn't want you to come to his book for answers. He wants you to go to him for answers because he's the God who wrote the book and he wants to give you answers personally. Some of y'all are messed up with that. You're still thinking I'm wrong. I'm going to tell you how I'm right. Because number one, it just said what it was written for. But number two, I'm going to tell you how I know this is right, is simply because of this. The Bible doesn't tell you what the will of God is specifically for your life. It tells you what the will of God is overarching for your life. Such as the will of God for the church is this. It's Ephesians 4, 11, 12, and 13. It says, and he put in the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. So the overall arching will of God for the church is to put these five offices in place to equip the people of the church to go do the work of the ministry. Now that is the overarching will of God from the word of God, but it is not the specific will of God for Joel's life. Joel has to talk to the God who wrote the book to get a specific answer for his specific question. Now now listen. Oh, this is so, so important that you get this because nothing else will make sense today if you don't get this. He wrote... The book, not to give you every answer, but to lead you to the God who can give you all the answers. That's why people say, well, where are dinosaurs in the Bible? The Bible wasn't written to tell you about dinosaurs. It was written to tell you about the Son of God who gives life, and that life is the way to the Father. And when he introduces you to the Father, he will reveal to you through the Holy Spirit all knowledge and all truth through a relationship. Come on now, thank you, Jesus. I could spend five weeks on this one topic. But if we don't get it that the Bible is not Google, the Bible is not a search engine, it, it, it's not all-encompassing for every answer, it leads you to the Father who created the heaven and earth, who has all the answers, and He wants to talk to you about it. But it starts with the Bible. It starts here. And so with this in place, I want to talk to you about being born Again being born again and in John 3 verses 3 through 7 it says this Jesus answered Nicodemus and said truly truly I say to you unless one is born again from above he cannot see the kingdom of God and Nicodemus said to him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born and Jesus answered truly truly I say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So it talks about a distinct event in every person's life. If they're going to have life and have life everlasting, it is the term born again. And so many times people in, in your life have said, have you been saved? And I know I've been saved a lot of times. I've been saved a lot of times, even by a lot of different things. But I've been born again one time. Right? I've been born again one time. And he talks about it right here, born again. Now, the actual literal definition of born again, the Bible definition, means this. Saved, born from above, spiritually transformed and renewed. It is an event. It is your spiritual recreation, redemption, and righteousness when you received your citizenship in the kingdom. This is why 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. So my question for you, first of all, this morning, is have you ever had an event? Because being born again is an event that takes place in your life. And so born again starts when you realize you were bought with a price. You were born again. You were bought with a price. That price was Jesus Christ. It is the beginning. It is the starting line. And I'm going to have Pastor Damon and Pastor Jeff come help me right quick to illustrate this. Y'all give them an awesome hand clap this morning. And so we know this because of what we read the last couple weeks. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, For by grace... You have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one is able to boast. So what is grace? Grace is this. It's all of him for all of us. It is one-way love. We talked about that two weeks ago. So you're saved by all of him for all of us, that one-way love called grace. How does grace work in your life right now? It works in the form of empowered obedience. It enables you to do and become all that God has called you to do and become in this life. Now, is there coming up on stage this morning, we got a bicycle in here, and I'm going to let you get all the stuff out as I move this up here, okay? Do you see the picture on the front of the package? That's an amazing looking bike. I didn't have a bike like that when I was a kid. I had good parents, but I didn't have a bike that, like, that looked like that. See, if bought with a price is born again, that means the minute I went and purchased this, it was mine. Yeah. And it was bought with a price. But when I opened up the box, it didn't look like I thought I should look. Because the picture on the outside of the box doesn't look like what's back there. It looked like a bunch of pieces. See, when you were bought with a price, you got the whole package deal, but born again is the starting place, not the end result. Wow. See, born again was the event. The event was I bought with a price. The event was I went to Walmart and I bought what was in this box, but when I opened the box, it didn't look like what was on the front. And many Christians get messed up and think, I guess I wasn't really saved because when I got born again in the event, I thought I should look like this, and I really came out looking like this. Do you get that? That's good. See, when you got born again, you were bought with the price. It was the starting. I bought the package, but when I opened the package, I got a bunch of pieces, and when I looked in the pieces, if I truly believe in born again, it was the starting of the event. It wasn't the ending of the event. So how does salvation come into play? I want to read you out of the message translation of the Bible. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, what it says, it says, It is the word of faith that welcomes God to go to work and set things right for us in our life. Now listen, it's the word of faith, your spoken words of faith, we're saved by grace through faith that welcomes God to go to work on your life after you've been born again see born again is just the starting place it's not the ending place so it's the word of faith that welcomes God to go to work in our life and set things right for us this is the core of our preaching say the welcoming word to God Jesus is my master embracing body and soul and spirit God's work of doing in us What he did in raising Jesus from the dead. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, when you said Jesus come into my life and you got born again, he started the process of raising you from the dead. Come on now. That's a good word. And so as he started the work of raising you from the dead, he put, that's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it for you. That is salvation. With your whole being, you embrace God, setting things right, putting things in order, and then you say it out loud, God has set everything right between me and him. That is born again. You invite him to come and do the work in your life. So if that is born again, born again is the event, what is salvation? Salvation is the lifestyle of the event. Salvation is your day-to-day walking out of the event that took place now once the event occurred once you were born you can't be unborn you can certainly die but you can't be unborn Once you were born again, you can certainly go to heaven one day, but you can't be unborn so the question to people you must ask is when they say, well, do you believe in once saved, always say? I say, that's the silliest question I've ever heard because it's not about once saved, always saved. It's did you get born again, an event took place in your life where the Spirit of God came in when you called out Jesus is my Lord and my Savior and my Master and I surrender to Him. The Spirit of God should have began to work on your life to raise you again from the dead. Come on now. Yeah. Amen. And you become a new creation in Christ Jesus at that moment and I'm so excited for you. Because you were born again. Now, where does salvation? Now, salvation comes in. Let's read Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Look on the screen above you. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Listen to this. Work out. See, you get the same response when you go to the gym, too. Work out. No, see, this is where most people get so frustrated with born again and salvation, and I don't understand the process, and I don't really like it. Hey, when you got to the New Year's resolution of I'm going to the gym, and I'm going to lose weight, and I'm going to look completely different at the end of the year, I'm going to be so different you won't even believe it. But the first thing i got to go do is i got to start going to work out. <laughs> right? And a lot of you give up on your workout much like you give up on God. About three weeks in and you're done. I guess he's really not working on me. I guess I really don't see the difference. Well, the Bible says this, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now listen, I want to make something very clear. It says to work out your salvation, not work for your salvation. Totally different concepts here. See, you cannot work for your born-again experience. It's by grace, through faith. And so I speak the words of faith that I believe in Jesus Christ, and I confess it out loud, and my life is transformed. And a born-again event happens that moment. From the minute that born-again event happened, God goes to work, and he tells you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now listen, it says to work out, not to work for for it is God who works in you. So when he's telling you to work out, it's telling him he's already working within. Amen. And he's telling you to just express on the outside what he's already doing on the inside. Amen. Oh, come on. That's a, better, that's a better word than the response that I got. <laughs> See, a lot of you think, well, now i got to go to work. i got to feed the homeless. i got to go pray 20 hours a day. i got to read 33 chapters in my Bible by tomorrow. i got to do this. No, you only express out what he's working on the inside. That's how you prove to the world that God is truly working in you and your change is because you're working out what he's already working in. Ooh, come on, that's exciting. So the only thing you have to do is receive what he's working in by grace through faith and be obedient to express it. So if he's working on the inside of you in the area of love, your outward expression may be to go give somebody a hug. God's working on me in the area of love. <laughs> He may be working in you, but it ain't working out of you. (laughs) Come on now. And listen. (laughs) Oh, I could just go there. He's working in you, but you've got to let it be expressed out of you, I'm telling you. In the area of being planted. Well, God's working in me to come to church, but I... (laughs) Well, quit fighting Almighty God if you truly believed you were born again and he saved your soul from an eternal hell, what in the world are you doing trying to fight him when he's trying to work in you so you can express it outwardly? So in this, I want to encourage you that born again is bought with a price. Salvation is the assembly of what was in the box. Now it says to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Now if I was the size to ride this bike... Many of you, when you were the age of seven and eight or whatever age you have to be to ride this bike, you were probably taller than me because you're still taller than me. <laughs> so for Joel to work it out is going to look different than, than for, um, let, let's just say, Justin Watkins to work it out because Justin Watkins is still taller than Joel T. Meyer. So for Justin to work this out, he may have to raise the seat up to about there. For Joel to work it out, it's going to be He's working on some things. <laughs> working it out. <laughs> working it out with fear and trembling. Now, listen as I wrap this message up literal salvation means this. A lifestyle of deliverance, preservation, safety, salvation. Now listen to this actual term, and I, I, was, I was disturbed by this term. So realize I'm disturbed having to say this in front of you. It says, deliverance from the molestation of your enemies. Now when I read that, God quickened in my spirit and he said, Joel, a lot of the body of Christ, because the demons of hell can't kill you, you can kill yourself because you're tormented. The demons of hell can't kill you. They're just molesting you over and over and over to drive you in your head to a place of torment where you do away with your own life by your own decisions. And I'm tired of my people being molested by the enemy because they won't remember their born again event and stand in my salvation, which is a lifestyle. (laughs) Now, here's the deal. What he's working in, you got to express out. And so as he's working in, he's working on the inside of you, this last word, victory. He's working on the inside of you, victory. And he's working victory on the inside of you. You need to start expressing it on the outside of you. You don't need to have a victorious day and say, Well, I'm going to knock on wood because tomorrow I don't want it to be bad. No, when he's working it in you, you start expressing it outwardly because your outward expression of faith of what he's doing inwardly sets the path for a day-to-day lifestyle of victory and salvation moving forward. So the question is, can you lose your salvation? Well, if you wake up tomorrow not being victorious, yes, but you did not lose your born again. That's two different things. You cannot lose your born again, but you can fall, victory to, can fall victim to not being saved for the day. Did you catch the difference? Yes. I can tell I'm going to get some emails on this one. I can just see your facial expressions. <laughs> but if the literal Bible definition is a lifestyle day to day, a daily form of deliverance should be taking place in your life. If you don't step into it by faith, that daily form of deliverance is not going to be your salvation for the day. Right. Now, your salvation for that day is whew, I made it through the day. Amen. And his mercies are new every morning tomorrow when you wake up. But now, listen to this Pastor Hunter gave me this verse, and I want to close with this. When you live a lifestyle of deliverance, preservation, and victory, this is what happens in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Yes, worship team, come on up. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Everybody say freedom. That's why we're having Freedom Conference this weekend. Because the Spirit of the Lord is going to be here. And you're not just going to experience born again, you're going to experience salvation. Two completely different things. And you get to walk out your salvation daily. That's what Freedom Conference is all about. Teaching you how to walk in freedom daily. Teaching you how to walk out salvation daily because it's a lifestyle. Now listen to what happens when you receive that and walk in it. And we all. Everybody say all. All. And we all. He included us in on this. And we all with unveiled faces. With a clean windshield. Not a muddy one. Beholding the glory of God. Now listen. We are being transformed into the same image of the glory of God, from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So where does that leave us at this morning? You were born again, you were bought with a price. But many of you, because you were bought with a price, didn't realize there had to be some work done within so you could express it on the out. And many of you, you walk in this house say, Pastor, I know I was born again. Listen, church, I was born again on June twenty-second, 1988. And I know I was born again that day. But since that day, there's been a lot of days where Joel hadn't walked in salvation. He's walked in defeat, he's walked in problems, but nobody can take away that event in my life. Right. Amen. Some of you need an event in your life this morning. Ministry pastors, come begin to pray. Some of you need an event in your life this morning. You don't remember the event of when you got born again. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't remember the event of when you got born again, let's have an event in your life this morning. Right. Yeah. Well, well, pastor, I, and I've said this for years, I'm 99% sure that I'm saved. Well, then I still say you're 100% lost. Because right. don't let that 1% be what holds you back from an eternal life with the Father. So if you got any questions, let's settle all questions and have an event this morning. Make this the Super Bowl of your Sundays. (laughs) But there's a lot of us in here who were tired of being molested and tormented by the enemy. I want you to get salvation this morning. I want you to get salvation so much so that the communion of God, the communion table of God can bring you immediate salvation in any area of your life. When you trust that that's his body and that's his blood. If you're struggling with a particular issue this morning, come to Pastor Corey or Pastor Damon and Miss Laura. Come to Pastor Jeff and Miss Amy. Come to Pastor Bonnie and and Pastor Hunter and Pastor Derek. And you know what? They can help you with this working in process so you can express the working out process and walk out salvation. And this goes so far as to say there is no small problem in the kingdom of God. Some of you are sitting here thinking, yeah, God's not worried about that. If it's a problem to you, it's a problem to Him. And I was convicted one day and driving down the road and God said, Joel, the greatest form of arrogance you have in your life is thinking there's something in your life that's too small for me. Joel, that is so arrogant to think I don't love even the small things of your life and that you got to handle it without me. I'm not God. That Bible is not true if that's how you really believe. Yeah, me and God have these kind of strong words from time to time. And so I'm telling you, some of you are thinking, well, that's just not a big deal. They don't really care if my kid got in trouble at school last week. Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes, we do. We do care. Because if they got in trouble last week, more than likely they're going to repeat it again next week. And I don't want you to start a tradition in your family of your kid getting in trouble every week. We care. They don't care if my electric bill gets paid. Yes, we do. We care. They don't even know my grandmother that's about to pass away. We still care. This morning here's two things. I want you to have an event and get born again. I want you to get saved this morning too. Those are two distinctly different things. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The born again will lead to your salvation. Okay? In your life, do you need an event to be born again? In your life, do you need a different event of salvation for what you're going through today? I'm going to ask everybody to stand.